Ladies and gentlemen, I am thankful that Jesus Christ loved me so much that He became the propitiation for my sins and for the sins of all those who will call upon Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, my friends, it was always, always, always the plan of God to give us His mercy and His grace through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. It was always, always, always the plan to give us eternal life, to deliver us from our sin and to redeem us unto Himself. Hebrews 9, verses 27 and 28 say, As it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this to judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus Christ died for sin. But He did not die for His own sin. He died for the sins of all of us. He died for us so that we can call on Him. So that we can know that we have hope beyond this life. So that we can know that there is a better place waiting for us. The trials and the tribulations, the struggles of this world are as life is. They are a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. But faith in Jesus Christ and His gift of His life, His yoke upon us, is eternal and will never be taken from us. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Because we are sinners, we will die. We will shed these mortal bodies and we will leave this realm of existence and go into the realm that is true to the real place to our real home which is more real than anything we will ever see here it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord we will receive that eternal life if you trust in Jesus Christ for that eternal life second Peter verse Chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should turn away from our ideas and what we think life should be and turn towards the, the pureness, the holiness, the righteousness that is Jesus Christ to trust Him and to receive Him, accept Him into ourselves so that we may be sealed by His Holy Spirit, by that Comforter. Romans 10 verse 13 seals the deal. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say whosoever uh, call, will call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. It doesn't say that you could be saved. It doesn't say if you do enough good works or you're holy and righteous enough within yourself, you, you, you'll be saved. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that He rose again on the third day. And then ask Him to forgive you for your sins and to give you His eternal life. This I pray for each and every one of us. God bless.
Welcome back to Rugged Waters Podcast, where we're taking the gospel and teachings of Christ to the world. Today is January 3rd, 2022, and I'm your host, Kevin Rimlinger. This is Season 2, Episode 1 of Running Waters Podcast, and this season is the Season of Ephesians. And I pray that you'll uh, stay with us through this episode, and that you'll stay with us through all the rest of the episodes as we trek through this wonderful book. Today we're going to begin that story through the book of Ephesians. As we go through this amazing letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus, we'll take a deep look into the letters, admonitions, and rebukes. We'll learn how we can apply the teachings of Paul by the works of the Holy Spirit to our lives as born-again believers. And I thank God that we have the Word of God to help us do that. We'll go verse by verse and sometimes word by word. And my goal is for each of us to know the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ better than we did when we got started. And I hope that is your will as you go through this as well. I hope that you'll not only listen to these episodes, but will also get into your Bible and seek out these truths for yourself. Never trust that the man behind the curtain is 100% on point. I am a human being. I can misinterpret. I can think wrong, I can do wrong. Hopefully, I will not do that, and I will keep to the Word of God, and I will use the Word of God to teach the Word of God as we go through this. But remember that 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 tells us, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And that is my plan for this season of Ephesians series, and I hope that you will travel with me as I go. Today's episode is going to consist of three points. Number one, the conversion of Paul from Judaism to Christianity. And we'll look at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. We'll look at Acts 22, verses 6 through 21. And we'll look at Acts 26, verses 12 through 18. Next, we'll look at how did Paul come to be at Ephesus. Acts chapter 19 is where we'll look at that. And number three, where Paul wrote this letter from, and why was he there? And we'll look at those things as point number three. This promises to be a fun and educational series, so let's just get started. Number one is the conversion of Paul. I'm sorry, the conversion of Saul. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. The Word of God says, And Saul... Yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he had found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. 
And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight. And inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And having seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and put his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he have authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name. Before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will shew him great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately... They have failed from his eyes as it had been scales, and received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. In Acts 22, we see Paul held captive in Asia. The people of that place hated him for preaching the gospel, and they had, as far as I can tell from the scripture, every intention of beating him to death. We find this in chapter 21. Thankfully, the chief captain was close at hand and stopped the death mob before they could finish him off and demanded of him that what he'd done there. There were conflicting stories, so he took Paul into the castle. But before he got inside, he asked the captain to be allowed to speak to the people. And as he was permitted, and this is where we see the second telling of the conversion of Paul. Now, we're not going to get into that today. Uh, I go, like I said, get into the word of God. Read these things for yourself. Read what I'm reading and read the, the places that I'm sending you to. But for a sake of time, we're not going to read that today. Then one more time in Acts chapter 6, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 26, verses 12 through 18 we are blessed to see this story of Paul's conversion again, this time before King Agrippa. After the word, the king himself said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. How awesome is that? What an amazing testimony Paul had. He went from Saul being a murderer to being someone who hated Christ, considered him a lie, even preaching against the death and resurrection, so much so that he's willing to bring men, women, and children who believed on Jesus Christ to a place where they could be questioned, beat, and put to death, just for believing in the Savior of everyone that has trusted in him. And now he stands before a king, and not just one, but more than one king, several kings over his lifetime. 
And he has written two-thirds of the New Testament of God. That testimony is a beautiful testimony. Proves that anyone, no matter what your past may be, no matter what kind of wrong you have done, can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So that's the conversion of Saul, who became Paul. And preached the gospel all over the place. Number two, we want to talk about Paul's arrival into Ephesus. And we'll see that in Acts chapter 19. We're going to hit the high points of this chapter. For sake of time, we won't read the whole thing. However, it would not offend me if you pause this video for a minute and read it for yourself. Because context is great. Either way, I'm going to jump right into this. We're going to read verses 1 through 12 of Acts chapter 19. In verses 1 through 12, we see Paul going into Ephesus for the first time. He found some believers and asked them if they had received the Holy Ghost. They had not ever heard of the Holy Ghost. They'd never been asked if they'd ever received it. So he asked them what reason they had for their baptism. They said that they had, that John had baptized them. John the Baptist had baptized them. He let them know that the point of John's baptism was to point them toward Jesus. And after he had given the gospel to these people, they believed that Jesus had died on the cross for their sin and that he had risen from the dead three days later. They were then baptized in Jesus' name. After their word, they received the Holy Ghost. This was the beginning of the work of the Holy Ghost through Paul in Ephesus. Notice again in verses 8 and 10. Then he goes into the synagogue and boldly preaches the gospel for about three months. This was hated by enough people that it was apparent that he needed to leave there. He decided this isn't where I need to be. Makes sense. So he goes to the school of someone named Tyrannus and disputed along with the disciples about two years. Praise God. The Lord gave him a place to go and to preach the gospel and to lead many people to the salvation that is through Jesus Christ. The word of God went out so much that the entirety of Asia heard it. The entirety of Asia heard this whole gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that's pretty cool. But I ask you today, has your entire town heard the gospel? Have you and your church and you and your uh, friends in Christ, you and your brethren, have you gone out and evangelized your entire town so that nobody can say when they stand before God, I did not know or I have not heard? This is the goal of every saved person. You cannot earn your way into heaven. You must trust in Jesus Christ to get there. But once you're saved, it is your responsibility, just like it's my responsibility, to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that begins in your house, your, your home, in your neighborhood, in your town, in your state. And more, if you're fortunate and you're blessed of God, you can go into the entire world and preach God's gospel. That Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again on the third day for the sins of every single person. And that if you just believe that, you can have him 
as your Lord and Savior. Now we'll look at 11 verses 11 through 17. In 11 through 17, we see that the power of God was on Paul so much that even the things that he had on his person were able to heal the sick and expel evil spirits. This was so amazing that the sons of Sceva decided they were going to use the name of Jesus to cast out some of those evil spirits. It didn't work out too well for those guys. They said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? And then they were hurt and stripped by the spirits that indwelt that man. But the name of Jesus was magnified. Praise God. Now here's, here's what I like, what I think is interesting about this. And I don't, I won't get into the ability to heal people and all those things right now, but all these people that go out and they say that they can heal people, all these, all these faith healers, where have they been during this entire pandemic? While people were packing out the hospitals across the world and dying from this thing called COVID. Where were all these guys at? But Paul here wasn't trying to be a faith healer. He had no interest in healing the sick or raising the dead or anything or even expelling spirits. But his interest was sharing the gospel. So for those who believe that your responsibility is to, to cast out demons, to cast out evil spirits, your responsibility is to, you believe, to to heal the sick and raise the dead. I hate to tell you, but that's not your responsibility and that's not your job. Your job is to raise the spiritually dead to life. And that's what Paul did here. These other things were just benefits of God and the Holy Spirit working through Paul as he ministered the Word of God. 18 through 41. In the rest of this account of Paul's theme in Ephesus, we see the anger of those that are against God and prefer false gods and ill-gotten gain over the truth. Rather than going to the deputies and the law to settle the matter, they hype up a crowd against Paul and his people. The sad part is, when asked, the crowd doesn't even really know why they are mad at Paul. They have no reason in their own minds to be mad. They just heard something. And then... Somebody heard something else, just like playing that game of telephone. Somebody says something and whispers something into the ear of the person next to us, and then it goes down the line, and by the end of it, it's not even uh, the same thing. It's not even close to what you originally said. And that's what happened during this time. So the crowd doesn't even know why they're mad at Paul. In the end, though, Paul and disciples are safe, and they leave Ephesus. And then we see that in Acts chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. And this is a story of Paul's time in Ephesus. Now check this out for yourselves. Check it out. Enjoy it. Read this story. Go through it and study the words. Study the scripture. Get the context of this whole thing and really enjoy it. These stories, these letters, these things are not put into the word of God just to have history, but to teach us and to 
uh, educate us on how we should live our lives and to glorify God in our lives. And the third thing we're going to talk about today is where was Paul when he wrote this letter? And why was he there? So, according to the experts, Paul was in prison in Rome while writing this particular letter, as well as the letter to the Colossians and the epistle to Philemon. These other two books will be the subjects of season three and four. Just in case you're wondering, we're going to go through all of Paul's prison letters within these in season two, three, and four. And this is season two, episode one, in case I didn't mention that. Why he was there, though, that's pretty simple. But let's go to Ephesians chapter three, verse one. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote aforetime a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand and my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. In other words, he was in prison for the same reason that they wanted to beat him. He was in prison for the same reason they wanted to kill him. They was He was in prison for the same reason they wanted to kick him out of Dodge. And the same reason they wanted to put him in shackles and chains before he went to prison. For preaching the gospel without fear and boldly doing so. That's why Paul was in prison. There is a reason he can say, be ye followers of me, even as I am, also am of Christ. It's because that his life, his mission to, was to follow Christ. And that's exactly what he did. Now, we're just going through an overview of the entire book of Ephesians today. But one thing that I think we should see, not just from Paul, but from all of the apostles and from all of those that have followed Christ, especially Jesus himself. It's very important for us to understand that because we're born again, life isn't going to be easy. Being a child of the living God doesn't give us this kind of superpowers that we think it gives us to the point where we think all of our finances are going to be taken care of. Nobody is going to hate us. Everybody's going to love us because we're Christians. And that is a false belief that many people have when they first convert to Christianity. And many people, even long after they have been converted, still preach it and teach it in churches all over the world. And the question I have to ask those people is, if that's true, then why are you suffering in any aspect of your life? Why are you even having to work for a dollar? Why do you get sick? Why do you get hungry? Why do you get thirsty? Why doesn't God just take care of all of that stuff right then and there? See, I'm afraid that false truth is not even close to being a truth, if that makes any sense. What really happens is we have strength and we have boldness and we have courage because of Christ to endure 
this life with the hope that the next life will be everything that we want this life to be. We won't be, we won't have to hunger. We won't have to thirst. We won't have to worry about being hated. We won't have to worry about uh, where the money's going to come from because in the next life, we'll have our glorified minds. We'll have our glorified bodies and life will finally be perfect. But now, thank God, as Paul did, as Jesus did, as the apostles did, as all those that have called on Christ, all those powerful men and women that have served God with their lives have done, we need to work through our salvation with fear and trembling. Not because we're afraid of what's going to happen, but because somebody out there needs to hear the gospel. Because somebody out there needs to be encouraged to be born again, to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And as born-again believers, as the brethren, we need to come together and we need to teach that one truth, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, as he told of himself in John chapter 14 and verse 6. And I thank God that he saved me 10 years ago. And I pray and I hope that you have been saved. Thank God. And that'll put this one in the books. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've covered, feel free to send me an email. My email is runningwaters41 at gmail.com. Or look me up on Running Waters Podcast Facebook and send me a message via Messenger. And I'll check both of these often and I will respond as quickly as possible. Um, I don't have the answers to every single question that I hope to get, but I know where to find those answers. I have a King James Bible, and that Bible has all the answers that we need. So I thank you for watching this video. I thank you for listening to this podcast. And I hope and I pray that the Lord God will be with you. Heavenly Father, I do pray, and I do thank you for what you've given to us today. I thank you for the truth that you've given us in your word and the uh, knowledge and the wisdom that you have given me to be able to preach and to teach and to encourage and to help others know you better, to get into your mind and your heart, Lord God, to point our hearts and minds and our eyes towards you, away from ourselves, away from this world, away from other men and women, but towards you so that we can see your glory in this world. I thank you, Lord God, that I am in a church that has taught me as much as they have and is teaching me even more every single day. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll be with those that will listen and watch these broadcasts, Lord God, and that you'll help them to get into the word and to want to search and to seek after you, Lord God. I pray that you'll be with us as we get into the rest of these messages, as we go through the rest of this season of Ephesians, Lord God, and help me to understand you more and more so that I can teach your truth with mercy and with grace. In Jesus' name, I thank you, and I praise you, and I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode from Running Waters Podcast. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Twitter, and my Running Waters Podcast Facebook. On my Facebook, you can click on the link for any of these platforms, and it will take you directly to the one that you enjoy listening to the most. Please don't forget to follow and share 
We want the teachings, book readings, and interviews to get out to the world so they can be encouraged as I have from learning the mind of Christ and sharing Him with all those who want to know Him. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for following. And thank you again for sharing. God bless.